First off, if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure to push that subscribe button so you can be notified about future episodes. Also, we love reviews, so be sure to leave one if you like the episode. And a shout out to our newest Patreon donors, Rosetta and Ella Ray from San Diego, California, Riggs, Liam, and Olivia from Mesa, Arizona, and Thor from Midland, Texas. And a shout out to Graham and Hayes from Birmingham, Alabama, who shared the idea for this episode. If you'd like to donate to Bedtime History, go to our website, bedtimehistorystories.com, to donate via Patreon. Donors also get access to our entire 140-episode catalog of shout-out-free, pitch-free episodes. No extra stuff, just the stories you enjoy. Now on to our episode. Our story begins on September 6th, 1757, when a young boy was born to the Lafayette family in Chevignac, France. His parents named him Marie-Joseph-Paul Roche-Gilbert-Dumontier. Can you imagine having a name that long? Not only did he start off with a big name, but also a very big fortune. He was born into a long line of French nobles, which meant the people who ruled France and were very wealthy. He even inherited a castle at birth. The Lafayette family had lived in France for many years and had distinguished themselves as brave soldiers. One of his ancestors fought alongside the brave woman soldier Joan of Arc. Another ancestor traveled east and fought during the Crusades. His grandfather was a famed musketeer and one of King Louis XV's bodyguards. Also, when Lafayette was very young, he lost his father in a battle. So not only did he inherit much wealth and property, but also a famous name to live up to. Although he had a long name, he later became known as Lafayette, so we'll use this name for the rest of our story. After losing his father, Lafayette's mother moved to Paris and left him to be raised by his grandmother. Later, when he was 11, he moved to Paris with his mother to attend school. There he decided to be a soldier, like his father, and the many generations of Lafayettes before him. He attended a school to learn to be a musketeer, one of the king's famous bodyguards. He graduated and did this for a time while still in school. When Lafayette was 14, his family introduced him to a young woman named Adrienne Marie Francois. She was only 12, but they spent time with each other and eventually fell in love. Later, they were married when Lafayette was 16 and she was 14. They ended up being a good match and stayed together for the rest of their lives. By 1775, Lafayette was a lieutenant in the French army and watched with interest what was going on across the ocean in the American colonies. There, the British ruled the colonies, but many of the Americans wanted to break free and become their own country. This struggle and war later became known as the American Revolution. Lafayette was French, and the French didn't get along with the British. They had fought against each other in many wars, including the Seven Years' War or French and Indian War in America. Lafayette began to think about how he might help the Americans fight for liberty and get back at his enemies, the British. He was only 18 at the time, but his heart was set on going. When the British heard the French decided to help, they threatened to declare war against France too. This caused France to change its position, but Lafayette had already made up his mind to go. 
His father-in-law, who was also his commanding officer, threatened to arrest him if he tried to leave to America. Lafayette hid from him and decided to find a way to escape to America anyway. He was determined to join their cause and nothing would stop him. Lafayette's first problem was America was across the ocean and he didn't have a ship. He decided to use his great wealth to buy one. Then he and his friends boarded his ship and sailed for two months to America. In Philadelphia, Lafayette met General George Washington of America's Continental Army. They ate dinner together and became good friends right away. Lafayette joined George Washington's staff and in many ways became the father he never had. In September 1777, Lafayette fought in his first battle, the Battle of Brandywine. While rallying the troops to attack, he was hit in the leg and wounded, but continued to rally the soldiers to hold off the British advances. Later that year, after he recovered, he fought in another battle and defeated the British in Gloucester. During that same winter, he stayed with George Washington at Valley Forge. At Valley Forge, they waited out a very harsh winter. Many soldiers suffered and were lost, but Washington and Lafayette and others were able to encourage the troops and keep them from leaving to continue the fight against the British. Lafayette next fought in the battles of Barren Hill, Monmouth, and Rhode Island, and was successful in his attacks and given a sword for his bravery and skill in battle. By this time, the French government now planned to help the Americans, and Lafayette sailed a ship back to France to help get more soldiers and weapons to help. In France, he was praised as a hero for fighting in America. He was also happy to see his wife and children again. While there, she gave birth to a boy. They named him George Washington Lafayette. There Lafayette also met Benjamin Franklin and worked with him in the French army to find enough soldiers and weapons to take back to America. Then he sailed back to America to continue the fight. In America, he found George Washington and the Continental Army struggling. They had lost battles and were worried they wouldn't win the war. Washington was very happy to see Lafayette and gave him command over troops as they continued the fight. Battles were won and lost, and Lafayette continued to write letters to France, urging them to send more soldiers and weapons. The Battle of Yorktown was one of the major battles in the American War for Independence. There, Lafayette and Alexander Hamilton and their troops faced off against the British General Cornwallis. Ships and soldiers from France also joined the battle. Muskets and cannon were fired from both sides. Smoke and gunfire filled the air. The battle was very intense, and many soldiers were lost. In the final moments of the battle, Lafayette and Hamilton charged the British defenses and fought with swords in hand-to-hand -hand combat until the Americans won the battle and General Cornwallis surrendered. The war wasn't completely over yet, but the final major land battle had been won and America was on its way to freedom as a nation. After the war, the Marquis de Lafayette returned to France and was welcomed as a hero for his bravery. There he joined the abolitionists 
in their struggle against slavery. He believed all people should be treated equal, regardless of the color of their skin. He even wrote a letter to George Washington, encouraging him to liberate his own slaves. Lafayette spent the rest of his life in France, dealing with its own revolution, but being a noble, he worked to find ways that the common people and the monarchy, the king, could work toward a better country. He lived through the French Revolution and later the rule of the general and dictator Napoleon Bonaparte. He spent the later part of his life running his own farm, far away from city and government life, much like his hero and father figure, George Washington. When Lafayette was 67, he made his final visit to the United States. There he visited the grave of George Washington and spent time with Thomas Jefferson, who was now 81. He spoke to Congress and once again toured the states where he was welcomed as a hero. While at Bunker Hill, one of the battle sites of the War of Independence, he asked his son to gather up a scoop of dirt. After returning to France in 1834, Lafayette passed away and was buried using some of the dirt he had collected at Bunker Hill. Spend some time thinking about what it might have been like to be Lafayette. He was born with much wealth and privilege. He could have just stayed in France and enjoyed his money, but during the War for Independence, he went against the wishes of his family and government and used his own money to travel to the colonies and help in their fight for freedom. Think about what it means to be brave. Can you think of a time when you had to be brave? It's not always easy. But often when we take the leap and do something that's not easy, we grow and become stronger. That's one of the best ways to become stronger, to do hard things that require bravery. I believe you can do hard things. I believe that you can be brave. Thanks for listening to this episode about the Marquis de Lafayette. If you liked it, be sure to tell your friends about it or share what you learned with someone else. Thanks for being such an awesome fan of bedtime history. And be sure to tune in next Monday for a new episode.